Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Turn with me to Psalms 119. Oh, it just sort of went with my week, I tell you. It was a long week. Psalms 119, I'm going to start reading with verse 73. You know, Psalms 119, it's one of those, I, I looked at it and I thought, I can make a whole stinking series out of that one Psalms for several weeks. And I thought about it, but then I, I just kept coming to this section, and this is what I want to share with you. Verse 73, you made me, you created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. May all who fear you find in me a cause for joy, for I have put my hope in your word. I know, O Lord, that your regulations are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it. Now let your unfailing love comfort me, just as you promised me your servant. Surround me with your tender mercy so I may live, for your instructions are my delight." Bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lied about me. Meanwhile, I will concentrate on your commandments. Let me be united with all who fear you, with those who know your laws. May I be blameless in keeping your decrees. Then I will never be ashamed. Lord, this is your word, alive and active, and may it change us because of who you are. In Jesus' name. So the author of this Psalms, they think, is possibly Ezra. And we've talked about Ezra before. Ezra was the one that when the exiles, the Jewish exiles, were coming back from Babylon, he was the first one to come, and their purpose was to rebuild the temple. That was the whole purpose of his ministry, rebuilding the temple of God in Jerusalem. And this, if you go and read Psalms 119, now, it's a long one, I know. But it's a beautiful, beautiful psalms. And the biggest focus of it is our need to meditate and focus on God's word. And you have to, I I just need you to put that in that framework of Ezra, of coming back from exile, building the temple, and this psalm would be something he delivered to the people, of remembering the importance of God's word in our life. You know, this week as I was studying different things, about today, I kind of fell down a a rabbit trail as I was reading and Googling. And I fell down this rabbit trail of items that we use today that may or may not have been created for that purpose. Um, A couple of examples. How many of you, anybody use Listerine as your mouthwash? I have some, but it's not really my mouthwashes for some other reasons. But anyway, that's sort of the whole purpose. Did you know Listerine was first used as an antiseptic to cleanse like surgical tools. It was also marketed as a floor cleaner. And it was used for some other things that I'm not even going to say today that you'd be like, I'm putting what in my mouth? Yeah, don't not go to scope. I'm just telling you, go to scope. I don't know. Listerine, it kind of scared me after looking at this. But here's one that I love. I love, 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 love. Bubble wrap. Does Jackson need some bubble wrap back there? <laughs> I'll wrap him up. Does anybody know what the original intent of bubble wrap was? 
Bo knows I saw it. You really knew that? What is it, Bo? It was going to be for wallpaper. This was going to, in the 50s, this was going to be the next up-and-coming wallpaper. Who would put that on your wall with little kids, right? Can you imagine that, right? But this was actually created as a wallpaper, they thought, to give texture, and it was just, you know, I don't know, whatever. What are they thinking in the 50s? That one just kind of like got me because some things you can kind of, you, you kind of figure out that's what, you know, you can see how it develops. But that one, I was like wallpaper. I was trying to imagine, you know, we need to do, redo some of the church. Wrap everything in bubble wrap. And then if I throw, no, I can't throw a kid against the wall anymore. I'm not a teen leader, can I? I, I can get away with a whole lot more as a teen leader. But then there was this one thing that I really stopped and looked on. How many of it, look at your neighbor and make sure they're awake this morning, by the way, because I really need everybody's eyes on me today, okay? And you may have to save your neighbor, by the way. How many of you as a kid, woo, we, we know the Jenkins boys had... They use their mama's pie plates as their frisbees, right? I mean, come on. Who else? Did y'all, who threw a pie plate? Now, I have to tell you, though, thank, thank you, Bo and Thomas. Regular little pie plates don't fly. If you'll notice, there's a little extra weight they had to put on there to make it fly because you try that now and it just sort of goes, boom. Down, and I was like, wait, wait, this is messing up my whole, and then don't turn them two boys loose with duct tape and all that, because then they went crazy of, they had things they were fixing to add to this, it, it would, I said, no, it needs to be a pie plate, boys, don't change it that much. So thank you, boys, for getting it where it would fly for me. But here's the story with pie plates. So in the late 19th century, a man named William Russell Frisbee, bought a bakery in Connecticut, okay? And it was a very successful, he did pies, he did cookies, very, very successful bakery. And actually then, um, after he died, I have a pocket and it's got a phone and it feels like there's like three people in my pocket. Um, after his death, his bakery continued to flourish and in 1956, they would actually sell over 80,000 pies a day. So it was a big deal. And so William had created these... Ten plates, and that's what I was thinking. When this didn't work, anybody, you remember Grandma's old tin plates, the real aluminum? I bet they would have flew better than this would have. But I couldn't find none back there in the shelf this morning. But he created these tin plates that he would be able to deliver the pies out in or the cookies in, okay? And he would emboss on the bottom, you know, Frisbee Bakery, blah, 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 blah. So are you seeing where the name, where we're going with this yet? But in 1956, then, after that, some Yale college students began to take these empty plates and find another use for them. And when they would toss it, they would yell, Frisbee, so that everybody knew to keep your head up. And so that's how we come to this today. Everybody awake? Frisbee! I got one more. Bo's like, don't break anything. He was so nervous when I come in because I practiced this morning. 
There it is. So from a pie plate to what we know as a Frisbee is how we come about that. Life tends to beat us up sometimes. Can I get an amen? Do you know what I'm talking about? Circumstances, things we go through, life tends to beat us up. And sometimes after we've been through things, it's hard to remember who we are. It's hard to remember where we start from. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when when things get so weary and you can't remember who you are anymore? You know, not only were the people being released from freedom, that was a great thing. The Jews were being released from this exile. Remember, they were there 70 years, right? And they're getting to come home now and they're having to rebuild. So not only are they regaining their freedom, they're having to reclaim who they are as the children of God. So how do you do that? How do you reclaim who you are? Well, by remembering not only who you are, but whose you are. Do you, do you see in verse 73, it said, you made me. We're talking about God the creator. You made me. You created me. This week I shared on Facebook a uh, tweet from Craig Groeschel. Bo might have it. Yes. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are not what others have done to you. You are an ambassador for Christ. You are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do the good works he prepared in advance for you to do. You are a child of the living God. Sometimes we have to remember whose we are. When the Jewish people were in captivity, they were being assimilated into the culture of the Babylonians. Now, they may have still been able to carry on a few of their traditions, but we could talk about stories of like, oh, I don't know, Daniel in the lion's den, where he was being forced to either serve his God or go against his beliefs, right? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Does that ring a bell with anybody? So they were being assimilated into this culture. And when they come home, now it's Ezra's responsibility and ministry to begin to remind them whose you are. You are the children of God. And you do that by looking at his word. So today, church, our life before Christ before you came to know Jesus as your Savior, it tried to change who we think we are. There's a whole lot of labels that we can put on ourselves because of that life before Christ. Labels that need to come off sometimes that are not yours to own. Labels that maybe were thrown at you from circumstances you had no control over. We live by uh, the world's standards before we know Jesus. We're beaten, we're broken because of circumstances, just like these exiles who are coming home to find everything in rubble. 
and they're having to start over. Anybody ever felt like that in life? You came to Jesus and you just felt like you were standing in rubble and you didn't know where to begin? But just for a moment this morning, I want you to just go back with me. Lay that stuff down, everything, and let's go back and just remember, God, you made me. God, you created me. I am yours. That's the first place to start. But then when you say, I'm yours, what happens? Well, again, Psalms 119 is about focusing on God's word. This whole chapter is about how great God's word is in our life. Because Ezra's telling them we're rebuilding not just a building, but a whole faith system in your life again. And we're going to leave behind what the Babylonians tried to influence us with. And we're going to, we're going to focus on God's word. So verse 73 also says, now give me the sense to follow your commands. In other words, help me to understand, Lord, your word. Because some of these people, we're talking generations now that have, have changed over. Some of them may not know the word of God. Look around you. We, we have different ages in here. And I don't care how many gray salt pepper hairs you got. Don't ever assume someone knows what you know about the Bible. No matter the age. Because everybody has a different starting point when we start our faith. You know, I remember when I first began to really follow Christ at the end of my college, when about the time we got married, and I remember how frustrated I would get trying to read the Bible. Didn't make sense. Anybody get frustrated? Anybody on our reading plan, do you, do you ever read something and go, well, I'm going to put the check mark. I have no idea what we just read today, but I read it, right? And sometimes we, we just lay it down then because, well, I didn't understand that. Well, that's when you pray, God, I need you to give me the sense, the wisdom, the understanding of what I'm reading. Begin to, to open this up. For us, And that's what the psalmist begins to ask. Church family, give yourself grace. Just because you are a born-again believer does not make you a Bible scholar. I wish it worked that way. Oh, then I wouldn't have to study as much during the week and I could do so much other things, right? But I have to be intentional. But I have to give myself grace for the things I don't know. I have to give myself grace on those days I miss reading. Now, Pat, I did not call you out. If you read Facebook, she said I called her out. I did not call her out. But I told her if she felt that way, all would have been forgiven if some of those rolls Amy cooked had been tied in that basket to the pastor this morning. So just say it. Just say it. So church family, give yourself grace. Then ask God, pray to him, God, I need understanding. I need, I, I, I'm trying to read and it's not working. What do I need to do? Well, Sometimes when we pray, it does click. Like, I've done that. I've prayed before. I've read my Bible time, and then something will jump out at me that I've never seen before. That's one thing that happens. Maybe another thing, when you pray, God, give me the sense. Give me the understanding. How do I understand this? Well, maybe if I start going to Sunday school class to hear it from Diane's perspective, then we get a piece of that. Or maybe if I join the, the book, the small group book study, I begin 
to understand. Doesn't mean you have to know it all. Doesn't mean you can answer all the questions. See, it's the fear that keeps us out of doing those kind of things because, oh, they're going to ask me questions and I don't know how to answer them. Great, just say, I don't know. And I'll understand that. Plus, I, I try to be a good read of like, I can tell when people are hiding, you know, when that book gets higher and higher and I don't see a face anymore, right? So, so give yourself grace. And then verse 74, verse 74, may all who fear you find in me a cause for joy, for I have put my hope in your word. What does that mean? That means may people that know you, God, may they have joy when they see me and begin to realize the change in me because I've put my hope in your word and who you are. So may people begin to understand and see a difference in me. What have I said over and over? Jesus changes everything. And people should see that in you. They'll begin to, to see that you put your, your hope in, in not, just, not just reading the word, but you're beginning to understand, you're beginning to trust what you're reading in there. Those, those little things of, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Which means God on the hardest of hardest of hardest days. I'm not going to be scared because I know you are with me. Because your word tells me that. You tell me you'll never leave me nor forsake me. You know, these little things that I, I pop off sometimes in a sermon, guess what? It's 20 plus years of reading God's word. But I promise a young college girl did not know any of that. I started reading my Bible only knowing Jesus died on a cross for us. And there was something about an ark and a boat and a lot of animals. That was the extent. But you have to be purposeful. Verse 75 as we begin to learn more of the word, says, I know, O oh Lord, that your regulations are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it. Oh, that's so hard. We, you don't ever have a kid come to you and say, Mama, I did this wrong. Would you ground me, take away my electronics? No, that does And you know what? We don't do it as adults either. God, I know I've been bad, so could you just discipline me however I need to, right? No, we don't do that. But the closer we get to God, we begin to understand. There's moments in our life that God says, we need to have a talk, child. Let's talk about what I really want in your life. And so the psalmist says, we understand. Now what he's talking about, they've just come from exile. And he's acknowledging, God, we were in the wrong. God, we, we were so in the wrong. We were not serving you. We were doing our own thing, and we had to pay a price for that. I understand that. See, that's maturity. When we begin to recognize those things. I had a moment with my son this week, and he was sent me this whole text of, you know, Mom, I don't think me and Brittany, you know, really tell you and Dad enough how much we love and appreciate you and everything you do for us. And, yeah, Mom's, go ahead and cry. And then I sent back, who dis? I think somebody hacked my son's phone. (laughs) 
And he goes, no, really, Mom, I'm just trying to appreciate you. I love you. You know, and I was like, no, really, who dis? Because, <laughs> you know, you mamas know we don't get those very often, right? That's kind of that's what I felt like this little verse was saying. God, I, I understand why we had to go through that. And not every hard place, by the way, is God disciplining us. Sometimes life is just life and life stinks. Things are hard. This body is wasting away the closer I get to heaven. I understand those kind of things. But sometimes we realize the mess we're in was our fault because we were moving away from God. We were deciding we wanted to do our own thing and not what God really intends for our lives. And so the psalmist just was saying, God, I understand. I appreciate you. I love you. Now, sometimes we get distractions. Verse 78. Bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lied about me. Oh, I bet everybody said amen when I read that one earlier because we like those kind of verses. You know, God, you, you go fight my fight. And you just you spank them good, God. Go get them. Get them, God. You know what they did was wrong, and, and maybe so. But can I focus on a, a word? Meanwhile. Meanwhile, I will concentrate on your commandments. I want us to pause and look at this because we, we do. We look at 78 and go, yeah, go get them, God. You, you know what they did to us. Like them Babylonians... Even though we, we were in the wrong, I know, but there was people and they treated me bad and, and they, karma's going to get them. No, we don't believe in karma. We believe in grace, by the way. But what the psalmist is saying is, God, yeah, I'd like to see a little justice. But I'm going to leave it to you. That's your area. If you, if you see fit for, for justice to happen, great. Meanwhile, I'm going to be over here focusing on your commands, on your word, on working on me. You see, we get so focused sometimes on everybody else and what we would love. And, and oh, I've been there. I've, I've prayed that fire down. <laughs> I have, people. I know what it is. But can I be honest, in those moments, if I don't let it go fast enough, it just builds bitterness in me. It burns me. Oh, fire comes down sometimes, but it's burning me up. Because I get too focused on the revenge. I get too focused on the justice. Right? Psalmist tells me, I'm going to leave it to you, God. Because my purpose is to be about studying your commands and how that affects my life. And that's hard. Man, y'all gave me some hard looks. Y'all don't like when I say that, do you? But that's his word. And church, I know there are things in your life that you did not ask for. I know there are hurts in your life that you did not cause. I know that you were being a good follower of Christ when it happened to you. But it's time to let go and let God deal with that. Remember a couple weeks ago, be still. Let go. Release it. 
so that we can know his commands and know who God is. It's one of the hardest things that we can do. And then verse 79, let me be united with all who fear you, with those who know your laws. You see, the Jewish people, they've come back from exile. They've rebuilt the walls of the temple. But it was more than that. Because now they've been living over here for 70 years. They've learned how to live like the Babylonians live. It's not necessarily that they had all bad lives, by the way. Some of them made a decent life. Because remember, God told them through Jeremiah, I want you to go. I want you to build houses. I want you to get married. I want you to have kids. I want you to garden. I want you to continue living life right where you're at. So they may have had a decent life, but it's not the life God intended for them. And so now they've come back to Jerusalem. They built the walls. And the psalmist says, now you need to be united with people that know the word and know God. In other words, now they're rebuilding a community of believers. They're rebuilding themselves because they remembered who they are and whose they are. God, I'm yours. And now they need to rebuild the community he intended them to be. You know, maybe, maybe you're a new believer. And when I say new believer, that means within the, the last 10 years, I consider you a new believer because sometimes it takes us that long to really start digging in to what God wants for us. Maybe you're a believer who you've left for a while and you've come back. Whatever your story is, you need a community who believe and fear God and knows his word to help you grow. It's not enough to be around people just like you, by the way. That's like saying I'm stuck in quicksand and the guy stuck in quicksand next to me, maybe he can get me out of this. Doesn't work that well usually. You usually want somebody on the outside to throw you in a line. And so you need to be united with people who fear God and who already know the laws. So some of the the people coming back from exile, it's been passed down. Even if it was just verbally, it's been passed down. There's still people that remember what God had taught their mothers and their grandparents. And you know what I'm talking about? You know those legacies we get passed down in, in our families? Grandma's biscuits, grandma's gravy, grandma's pies, whatever. I'm known for mama's rolls that everybody in my family wants some. Well, that's how they would pass the word down. So there's people that still know this. And, and Ezra says, I, I, I want to see y'all as a community again, God said. Now, Again, sometimes we have this tendency, we want to be with people just like us, that think like us, that have been through the same things as us. And that's not all bad. It's good to have people that understand sometimes, but you need people that can say, but here's what it looks like on the other side, when you get through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, over and over I hear people say this so much, and I know you do too. I don't need a church to be saved. True. That is true. 
Your belief in Jesus Christ alone is what gets you salvation, not your church attendance. Don't take that as a reason to skip church next week. Just say it. <laughs> but that's true. But over and over in God's word, I see community. God created us to be. Why was this past year and a half so hard? Because it is ingrained in us. We are born to be in community with people. But what community are you hanging out in? You see, that's the whole difference in, in how your growth is going. Right? So you don't need a church to be, maybe, maybe you're online and, and maybe you're just like, ah, I can watch it online. Yes, you can. And, and I know we understand COVID, but there is coming a day you say, I need community. I need people. Because what happens when we build that community is when we have prayer requests, what do we do? We send it to who? The community to pray with us. People that understand God's laws. That he says, when anyone's sick, let's come together and pray for them. Right? We need that. So don't give up the community. And, and when, you, when you're a new believer in Christ, sometimes that's hard because sometimes you do have to give up an old community to find God's community. Because when you start stepping into God's community, your old crowd starts, well, aren't you the holy roller now, right? You Bible thumping, yeah. True story. Heard all of that. But man, I've got family. Every one of you are my family. And I know if I ever have a need, and I've already had needs. When our house burned, who stepped up? You guys stepped up. Your kids stepped up, help us build our, our house. Hey, there's a kid back there. He's, every time we have a creek in the house, it's like, ah, Cody and Bo must have done that. Yeah, that one, yeah. <laughs> as long as you remember us, yeah. I need some repainting done. It's been a while. Can y'all come do a repaint job on the porch? Yeah. Um, you know, I love the story. The reason I stopped when I w went down my rabbit trail about the pie plates, the Frisbees, it's because even though a different purpose was found for that, fris for that pie plate when the Frisbee was created, the original purpose we still use today. Oh, it may look different. The poor guys, they didn't understand what I was trying to do this morning. And so when I was like, oh, this pie plate is not working. And Thomas was like, can I have, you know, would a glass one work? <laughs> no, no, glass will not work for this one today. <laughs> and then Bo's like, she's throwing them. Oh, wait, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> but the, the original purpose that William Russell Frisbee created this for is still used today. Even though we had a spin-off version that's still used today. And I love that. Our stories, the life, your story, it may change you. And it may change a few things and directions of, of just some things you do in your life. But church, in Christ, we are made new. And when we are made new, we can remember who created us. 
You know, we have a generation right now that's having all kinds of identity issues. They need to remember who created them. They need to remember who created them. Because God made them male and female. Creation. We know that. But many of you sitting in here today, you need to remember you were created with a purpose of loving God, worshiping God, and telling other people about Jesus Christ. One of those statements Craig Groeschel had, we are ambassadors of Christ. What does ambassadors do? They represent something or someone. We represent Jesus Christ. And if people can't figure that out about you when you leave this building, I need you to go back to verse 73 today. And I need you to figure out you were made by God. He created you. You're his. And then that'll start making all the difference in our lives of how we live, how we make our choices every single day. Because you know what? Too many people accept Christ, but we still live locked in shame and guilt. I did that for so many years. Even after trying to get closer to God, I kept hanging on to things that I was already forgiven for. Do you know one of the things you'll learn in God's word when he forgives you? He forgets it. Forgets it. Not like forgets like you and me. Not like sticky note on hand and I still walk out of Walmart without it. Not like here lately, uh, we've kind of switched places, me and Thomas, and I can't remember words like they fly out of my head. And I'm like, oh, come on, it's that simplest word. What is it? And he thinks he's so smart because he'll pop it off. And usually it's kind of the opposite way. And I'm blaming it on not being on my thyroid meds anymore. And I think I'm getting the foggy brain again, you know. But I'm not talking about that kind of forgetful where, oh, I'll think of it later. No, God doesn't recall it. When you see God face to face, whatever that sin was forgiven, he's not going to remember it. But see, we have an enemy that likes to remind us. And that's why it's important to know the word so that you can make that distinction so that when that memory comes up and, and hits you again, you can say, oh, now, Satan, I'm forgiven for that. It's done. And you can walk on. You don't have to spend three days in depression over it because you can walk on. It was forgiven. The more we know the word, we learn that we've been set free. The truth shall set you free. And it's the enemy trying to keep you locked up in that shame. But verse 80 says, may I be blameless in keeping your decrees, then I will never be ashamed. And we're not perfect. That's why we needed Jesus Christ. So we all going to have a bad day. We all going to mess up. Not always allocated. It's kind of like, uh, I, I used to tell teenagers, it's like the yellow brick road in Wizard of Oz. Remember, they said, stay on the yellow brick road. If you get off, you get in trouble, right? We all have days we got off the yellow brick road. <laughs> and them crazy monkeys start flying everywhere, right? You don't have to start all over at the beginning. You just have to get back on the road. 
So maybe you had a bad day. Pick up God's word and start over. Maybe you missed three weeks of your Bible reading plan. Pick up the word and keep going. Doesn't matter. As long as you keep getting back on the right path. That's what's going to get you to the end. That's what's going to make the difference. Church, the word of God is the key. And I can only give you a little, I'm like the taste tester at Sam's, by the way. When you come here on Sunday morning, I just give you a sample. And then, you know what I'm talking about? You taste a sample and you're like, oh yeah, I ain't cooked supper. Yeah, give me three boxes of that. That's what's for supper today, right? (laughs) I'm just giving you a sample. Go home and start eating. Go home and start making time. Whether, whether it's reading it, whether it's listening to it. I think, Pat, that's your new way, isn't it? Like, you, you've picked up the audio Bible now. If you've got the app and, and uh, if you don't know how to work that, see me. I'll show you how to work it. If you've got the U version, I can show you how you can listen to that. Join Miss Diane at 945 on Sunday morning for her Sunday school class so that she is walking you through different lessons because that's the best way to learn is just start digging in and hearing other people. Now there comes a time you have to do your own digging and you have to make your own choices. But the word is where we start. Verse 73 though, you made me, you created me. When you grab a hold of that truth today, it'll change everything. Stand with me this morning. Lord, I feel like we are searching so often. Who are we? Where do I belong? Who are my people? God, we need to start with the question, whose are we? And then once we understand that, God, you created us. God, I know we live in a broken world, so that doesn't mean perfect bodies, but that means that my soul, my inside is the image of who you are. But Lord, over the years, things I've chosen, things others have chosen for me, oh, it's just skewed that look, Lord. I don't see you some days when I look in the mirror. And I sure don't see you when I look in your word, reflecting back at me. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me on the days that I fall so short. But Lord, hmm, I know with that forgiveness comes your newness. And somebody in here today, they need a new beginning. They need to be reminded today that you created them, you made them, they are yours. And if, if we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior, <laughs> there's nothing the enemy can do to us to take that away. My identity is solid in Jesus Christ. That, Lord, when you look at me, you don't see what I did and all the things of my past, but you see who you intended me to be and where I'm going and who I could be if I'll just listen to your voice. Somebody in here today, you just need to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm sorry I've ran. I've, I've not been uh, living the way I need to, but God, I want to. 
Help me to understand your word today. Give me, give me that sense, that wisdom, Lord, of what your word says. But God, give me that craving now to open that word. Lord, I pray for people that they need a community around them. And they need to find that, yes, they have salvation in Jesus Christ, but that salvation also assures us we are a family of God. And they need to be connected to the family. Let, the, let them make that step today, Lord. Father, we just need your peace in here today. I know we laid a lot of things down to listen to you today, to hear your word. I don't want us to pick them up when we leave. Whatever, whatever is weighing on us heavy, let's lay it at the feet of Jesus this morning. Meanwhile, I'm going to concentrate on his commandments for my life. I pray that over every person here and online today. Whatever that heaviness is, let God carry that. Meanwhile, concentrate on his commands. Father, I, I give you praise today. Because I know you're working amongst your people. I know there's something new you're trying to stir up. And sometimes to get to that new, we need a cleansing. And so, Father, I just pray that for every person here today. Lord, we love you. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving us before we were looking for you. That I know I was found before I was lost. (laughs) You already knew me because you created me. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church family, go have a very blessed day with your loved ones and be a blessing to someone else. Have a great day. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely, Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.